everybody. This is the Lonely Guy, Steve Center, from the center of the known universe, Indianapolis, Indiana. Travel back with me through 60 years of recordings for the travels of Doctor Who. Each week, a new episode is discussed and dissected, starting with the very first Doctor leading up back through a timey-wimey journey to the present day. Okay, we're here for episode five. This is a seven-episode arc called the Daleks, which is D-A-L-E-K-S. Most of the people who are familiar with Doctor Who will know that, but I know that I thought it was the Daleks for a long time, and there's no R in there. It's a seven-episode arc, and the first episode is called The Dead Planet. Now, the last we knew, they had barely escaped Zaw and Zaw's compadres, and they were doing so in in rushed fashion. So they were uh, in danger. They escaped. This episode begins at the last tiny bit, maybe 30 seconds of the previous episode. It is a different camera angle. Doctor Who suggests that they all clean up before they go out. They see a picture and they're not sure what the picture is showing them. It looks almost like there's, of course, again, remember this is black and white from my perspective. It looked almost like there was snow everywhere. He then asks Susan to check the radiation level. Susan does and says, everything's groovy. As soon as they start to walk away, the radiation flips into the danger zone. Now we see them walking out in the world. There's no snow. Obviously, that was not accurate when I once it got out there. They see there's been some sort of fire and the trees are all burnt and they're turning to ash. And so, you know how when you burn wood, it's got that outer white coat that I believe is what we were seeing. And then the doctor says that the soil just isn't right for growing trees. Ian notices there's a steady breeze, but none of the trees are moving. Ian touches a branch and it starts to break apart in his hand he calls it very brittle stone doctor who responds that it's been petrified doctor says i want to check this out susan tags along with him barbara and ian are kind of to the side and ian says he doesn't believe that the doctor can get them home barbara feels they should at least stay near the tardis Then Ian says, you know, the doctor sure has a knack for getting himself into trouble. Ian comforts Barbara, but it's verbal. He says, don't worry, things will be fine. Barbara then says, the doctor deserves something bad to happen to him. Susan finds a petrified flower. She calls out. Ian comes over and he helps her collect it. Barbara notices something. She calls for Ian, but it's fast. She calls for him. He quickly runs over and in handing Susan back the flower, he breaks it. What Barbara saw is an animal, but it was no longer alive. It had great big teeth. Ian says it's stone. Doctor Who comes over and he insults Ian and says, no, this is metal. And they said metal animal that's not even a thing and doctor said are you so foolish just to think that just because you've never seen a metal animal that there can't be metal animals 
Doctor believes that it was held together by some kind of magnetic field. Barbara asks if they're still on Earth. Doctor says no. Ian tells Barbara that he needs her to believe that they'll get home. Barbara asks Susan if the computers fed the right information, can the TARDIS get everyone home? Susan says yes, but it has to be the right information. Doctor comes up to the little group of them and says the planet is dead, but he doesn't know what happened. Ian calls everyone over and he found a huge city off of the distance. The city seems lifeless, but the buildings appear in perfect condition. The doctor says he is going to that city. Ian says, no way. The doctor is the only one who can operate the ship. So now they're walking back through this petrified forest and Susan's kind of dallying a little bit. She sees another flower. She goes over and picks it up and she hears a strange sound and she screams. Ian comes running. She collapses into his arms. Now we see Susan back in the TARDIS and she's saying, Someone touched her, the back of her right shoulder. The doctor cannot convince her that it did not happen. He tells Barbara that he needs her to talk to Susan. He begins talking to Barbara, though, first about how the age gap between him and Susan is a problem. And Barbara cuts him off and says, I said I would do it. And so she goes over to talk to Susan. Barbara asks what happened initially susan says nothing happens she's very mad that no one believed her barbara says she does believe her susan laments that her grandfather can't get past his facts and believe her ian then starts in on the doctor so they're all on the tardis they're susan and barbara are having a conversation so the doctor and ian are just a few feet away but it's a separate conversation he starts in on the doctor about where they are the doctor points out that Ian and Barbara barged in to his home and refused to leave. And Ian says that he takes, quote, a small part of the blame, end quote, for them being along on this journey. The doctor says he is going to go get something to eat. Barbara says she has a headache. Susan then apologizes to the doctor for making a fuss. The doctor and Susan go to this machine and they make Ian and Barbara synthesized food. They say it's yummy. Doctor tries to explain how it's made and about halfway through, they both stop paying attention to him. Then they hear a tapping at the door. Susan feels vindicated because she says, see, someone is out there. The doctor pulls up the scanner. There's nothing out there. Barbara asks the doctor if he could just take the TARDIS and go. And at first he says that he's going to the city. He didn't mean to bring them along and he should be able to basically go exploring whether or not they want him to. Susan then says, please, Grandpa, can we just go? The doctor says, okay. And he agrees and he starts to operate the TARDIS. Things start going right as the TARDIS starts up, but then there is this weird sound and you can tell there's a malfunction. And of course, the TARDIS starting up has this kind of weird screeching sound, but this was different and it was wrong. So the TARDIS won't go. Doctor opens up this little door on the panel and he says, oh, we're out of mercury. And that reminds us that this is very old. <laughs> Ian says, oh, great. Well, add the mercury. Where do you have some? The doctor goes, well, I don't have any mercury on board. I've never had this problem before. I'm sorry. And then Ian says how irresponsible the doctor is for not having extra mercury. The doctor says 
this has never happened. There was no reason for me to have mercury. He says, we just have to go to the city and we'll find it. And Ian is very upset by this. But Doctor Who is elated. Like he is smiling. This is the most smiling we've ever seen Doctor Who do. Ian says, once they find the mercury, then they are coming back to the TARDIS. The doctor agrees, but I'm not 100% sure that he was meaning it. They walk outside and there's a metal box on the ground. It's about the size of a shoebox. They note that it must have been put there because they didn't see it before. He opens it up and it's full of glass files. The doctor says to Susan, take this into the TARDIS, which she does. They then begin to walk to the city. Ian says it should take at most a couple of hours. Now we know being television, if somebody says this will only take a couple hours, it's definitely going to take longer than a couple hours. They get to the city and the doctor is very tired, like way more than he typically would be for that kind of walk. Barbara is kind of moving around she's looking at the wall and a door slides open and it was kind of hidden but then once it slid open it was obvious that it was there it's an outer one it goes down you look in and clearly goes into the building ian suggests that she and him split up and that they meet back in 10 minutes so ian goes to another wall and he figures out how to open up that sliding door and he goes in and the doctor and Susan go into a third door. Barbara is walking down a long hallway with a series of open doors. And again, these are sliding doors, more like what you would have seen in Star Trek, as opposed to the swinging doors that we're used to. Barbara comes to a door that she can't open. We go back to Ian, the doctor, and Susan, and they've all reconnected. They're all like, Barbara is not with us. Ian says, let's stand here and wait Barbara, now we see her running through the hall, and we're not sure why she's running, but she comes on a door that won't open, and then the door behind her closes, and another door side closes, and now she's trapped in this really tiny little room. The room she's in starts to drop, and we realize that's actually some kind of elevator. Ian says they've got to go find her. Barbara is now below ground. She walks a few feet and then starts screaming, pushing herself against the wall. Something is coming toward her. We can't see what it is, but we do see just the tip of what almost looks like a plunger pointing at her. And that ends episode five. A couple things to note. It was interesting to see the doctor so elated at the chance of exploration. Again, this is the first time we've really seen him be excited now in five episodes. I thought it was noteworthy that basically the doctor completely dismissed what Susan said. And then even once there was proof that there was somebody there, he, she was actually the one who apologized to him. And so I thought maybe that was some male female dynamics given time frame. When Barbara said, and it wasn't out of the blue, I mean, her and Ian were in the middle of a conversation, but when she said that the doctor deserved something bad to happen to him, that really surprised me. And Ian has just become very antagonistic toward the doctor, saying that the doctor can't get him home, telling the doctor what to do, challenging every decision the doctor wants to make. I understand why Ian feels that way, but it's real noteworthy. And of course, the, the moment where Barbara and Ian asked Susan if they could possibly learn how to run the TARDIS themselves. I mean, at least the embryo of the thought of leaving the doctor behind is starting to take place. I thought that was a really fun episode. For ranking the Doctor Who episodes, I'm going to put the Dead Planet just after the Forest of Fear. The Forest of Fear will stay the best episode. 
The Dead Planet is now the second best episode. And I I really enjoyed that. I wanted to see the doctor and his companions in like this buddy-buddy situation. We're obviously not at that point. With a seven-episode arc, it'll be interesting to see how their relationship evolves. But this is a great start for our new arc. I'm really excited to get to the next episode. Thank you for spending time with The Lonely Guy. In addition to Lonely Guy with a Book... Steve has podcasts, Losing Weight with the Lonely Guy, Theories of Adulting, From the Beginning, a Doctor Who review, and a complete review of the Arrowverse universe with his beautiful wife, the Lonely Gal. If you want to read Steve's column, you can find that on medium.com with the username at MYLDSBooks. If you'd like to reach Steve, you can reach him at M-Y-L-D-S-B-O-O-K-S. That is myldsbooks at gmail.com. Until next time, signing off.